SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM 159 on this fabulous Friday, December 9th. I am Scott Wetzel sitting in for the next 60 minutes, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Ah, what's going on, LLs? How are you? Uh, that's why you don't lay six and a half points with the Raiders. Buckeyes win, but should they have? Uh, boy, those are some great sources, Steve. $20 million clearly doesn't go as far as it used to. Just what the NCAA needs, more bad schools. Uh, then don't let the facts get in the way of a good joke. We'll get to all those stories, plus your phone calls, pyramid plays, open parlays, and, of course, Opposite picks all coming up on the fastest hour on Sports Grid Radio. Monday, Thursday night, check that night football prime uh, with the call there that Baker Mayfield on how somehow or another uh, he rallies his club down from 16-3 and they win 17-16 last night. Rams knock off the Raiders. Second straight 17-16 scores. That was the situation identical. Down 16-3, Tampa Bay against New Orleans. I'm surprised the guys on TV who clearly are just bored, just, just absolutely bored with their jobs, uh, didn't really kind of hype that a little bit more. I thought it was kind of funny. Remember Bucks down 16-3. They scored twice in the final five minutes. Rams down 16-3. They scored twice in the final five minutes, and they win the game. So, uh, boy, the Raiders are just the Raiders. It's really not a pro-Rams thing. I know that's the angle people are going to take with, with Baker Mayfield, and, and congrats to him and being able to move the team down the field not once but twice. But that is what Baker's all about, right? I mean, that that you know, for his faults, they're highlighted by his exploits, meaning – Baker drop back the pass, read a defense, and throw the ball 20 yards down the field. He's lost. He's clueless. Baker drop back the pass and scramble around and just go make a play. That's ideal for him. So him really not knowing that many plays and just going back and just winging it, if you will, you know, backyard football, that that's right up his alley. He's he's perfect at that. So I'm not surprised. Had I known Baker was going to play as much as he did last night, I, I maybe wouldn't have been as, uh, so confident on the Raiders winning. I, I didn't think necessarily the Raiders would really cover the spread. I mean, I figured they would. Classic opposite pick, right? I mean, just an absolute classic opposite pick. How in the world could anybody with a straight face say they liked the Rams last night? You know, maybe it's an anti-Raider thing. The Raiders suck and, uh, you know, prosperity kills them and they won three in a row. They're not going to win four in a row. You know, it would be all anti-Raider things. But to sit there and say, yeah, boy, I love the Rams. I, th- I think the Rams with a quarterback who's been there for 48 hours is going to win the football game. I, I mean, it- it's impossible to think that. I mean, nobody in their right mind was betting Rams last night. And there you go. Rams not only cover, but they win. Classic opposite pick. Really was. Oh, the Rams are just the worst. Just, just, just or the Raiders rather, just the absolute worst. Just the absolute worst. They had the dumbest players and the dumbest coaches, perhaps in the history of sports. I, I just, it, it's amazing. The Rams have the twelfth, uh, the twelfth, yeah. The Rams have the twelfth worst 
passing defense in the league, right? They have the fourth best rushing defense in the league. So I don't know. I'm not a genius, but gee, I'm facing a team that's one of the best in the NFL at rushing defense, but one of the worst in passing defense. So what's going to be my game plan going into that game? Oh, I don't know. Let's try and run the ball. A bunch of bozos. They threw the ball 20 times against one of the worst passing defenses in the league, and they ran the ball 38 times versus one of the best rushing defenses in the league. And they're going to hop on their plane, and they're going to sit there and ponder, gee, why did we win? Why didn't we win? How did we lose this football game? I can't figure it out. Because you're idiots. This is what I was trying to tell you a couple of weeks ago when everyone was up in arms about the uh, Indianapolis Colts, you know, hiring uh, who they hired as their head coach. Oh, my gosh, how can you hire a guy who hasn't been in the league? He's never been a head coach before. He hasn't paid the rigors. He hasn't know what he's doing. Oh, oh, you know, compared to all the other great head coaches in the NFL. These guys are bozos, bozos. You got one of the best rushing defenses, and you're going to run the ball 38 times. Is that an indictment on Derek Carr? Are you telling the world Derek Carr sucks? If that's the case, then go ahead and just say it in your postgame press conference. Listen, we can't win with Derek Carr. I have no faith in him. Not going to throw the ball. Can't throw the ball. I know we got one of the best wide receivers in the game, Devontae Adams, uh, and we paid him a gazillion dollars, but eh, we're not going to throw him the ball. So we're going to run the ball. Ugh, just idiots. Just, just, and, and again, the Raiders wonder why they lose these football games. The penalty there on that last drive, slapping the ball out of the guy's hands. Oh, you, that is just classic Raiders stupid football. More coming up. Ops Pick Sports Good Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back. It is Ops Picks right here on SportsGrid Radio Series XM159. Again, Prime Sports there with the call. Then Derek Carr just didn't finish the game the right way. No, you didn't play the entire game the right way, Derek. Oh, that interception, as you heard there, just before halftime. Ugh, what are you doing? You know, and I'm one that generally likes Derek Carr and defends him, but man, they're up 13-3. Rams have done nothing offensively except for one drive. They got a chance to really put their stamp on things, go up 17-3, even at worst, 16, or, uh, uh, they're up uh, 13-3, either uh, 20 to 3 and put a stamp on things or 16-3, go up 13 points. Third down, steps up into the pocket. He's under pressure. He just shot puts a pass. It looked like his arm may have been hit, but he had no business throwing the football. He couldn't see where the fudge he was throwing. He just threw it up there. Easy interception in the end zone for the Rams, and they only trail by 10. Still a ball game at halftime. Uh, you, just, you just can't make those mistakes. You just can't. You're just never going to win. You know, you'll throw for 300 yards, and, uh, you know, you'll make some Pro Bowls, and you'll throw for 25, 30 touchdowns a year. But are you going to win fake games? No. This is why basically every team 
including the Houston Texans, who are the worst team in the NFL. Every team, it all comes down to the end. You can't throw away possessions like that. Every game in the NFL comes down to one possession. That's how the NFL is designed. It's it's a perfect match for everybody. It's, it's a mediocre, balanced field of football teams this year. And when you throw away points like that, at the end of the day, you lose the game, and then you say, boy, we lost another one-score game. I can't figure it out. It's because you're not playing smart football. Running 38 times, passing only 20. Again, unless you just want to tell the world Derek Carr stinks, and if that's the case, then that's the case, then, uh, you know, what do you have him on the team for then? What do you have him playing for then? But otherwise, you don't go into a game against a team that's got one of the best rushing defenses and decide you're going to run the football damn near 40 times, and they have one of the worst passing defenses, and you don't throw the ball at all. I mean, the Raiders were doing everything in the world to keep the Rams in that game last night. They should have been leading by three scores easily, easily after the first half. For a team that, oh, by the way, is now throwing away four games leading by 13 points or more. Four. They've had a couple where they led by 17 points or more. That's what's surprising. You know, if you win a bunch of games... Eh, maybe kind of let the, the thing slide, no big deal. Kind of let our guard down. But the Raiders have been bitten by the bug all year long of failing to hold on to leads. So they can't possibly think, okay, we're going to sit on a 10-point lead and have this happen again. And yet that's exactly what they did. Uh, I tell you, people always debate on whether Bill Belichick needs Tom Brady more than Tom Brady needs Bill Belichick. Forget about that discussion. There, there's no debate. Josh McDaniels has done absolutely nothing, just nothing, without Tom Brady. Last year, made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback that no one was expecting anything from, so you surprised the world. His stay with the Denver Broncos was beyond brutal, and his stay here with the Oakland-slash-Las Vegas-Los uh, Angeles Raiders is just as bad. I mean, just unbelievable. And again... That somewhere Jeff Saturday is smiling, saying, all right, yeah, you made fun of me, huh? You made fun of the Colts organization for hiring me, watching this bozo call plays like he's calling plays and, and blow games like he's blowing games. What, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Uh, a great contact there from Steve Weish, who tweeted out before the game, he's spoken with a few folks at SoFi Stadium who've led me to believe that the newly acquired Ram quarterback Baker Mayfield will see some game action at some point tonight. Nothing definitive, he tweets out, yet indications are just two days with the Rams and he could get some snaps. You think, Steve? What great contacts you had. He played damn near the entire game. Yeah, he got a few snaps all right last night. Wait, 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 wait to go, Steve. Now, you didn't just happen to make that quote up, did you? You know, this way he could say, well, if it didn't happen, I didn't say it was going to happen. It just, you know, people have led me to believe. God, these guys make up more crap. I'll tell you what, uh, it, it is amazing. Just, just absolutely amazing. So, all right. So from a Dolphin standpoint, which, you know, we all know the whole world revolves around, this is a good thing. One less team to have to worry about now. Now the Raiders are done. Any team with eight losses in the AFC 
uh, unless something crazy happens, uh, not it's not happening. I I don't you know again something crazy would have to happen. Jets would have to fall apart. Is that capable? Well, I guess that is actually capable. They do have the Dolphins left. They do have the uh, the Bills left this weekend, but for all intents and purposes, they're done. So put a fork in, and they could have been right there at five and seven, uh, six and seven. They would they would have been right there. They would have put a little bit of pressure on the Jets, but. That's why they're the Las Vegas Raiders. That, that is why they're the Las Vegas Raiders. The other big thing yesterday, end of the Rutgers-Ohio uh, State game. Now, listen, it, it's college basketball. There's 50 zillion games. So in the long run, it's not that big a deal. But it was a you know a fantastic finish, as you may or may not have seen. Uh, Rutgers has the lead. Ohio State with the basketball after Rutgers misses a free throw. So the Ohio State deficit is only two. Uh, they got five seconds left to bring the ball up the court. Kid brings the ball up the court. He crosses half court. He passes to a kid, Tanner Holden, who then drills an off-balance crazy three-pointer. Buckeyes win, right? Well, that's what they'll say in the record books. But in reality, you know, college basketball is not like other sports where they uh, send out these little things afterwards saying the officials effed up. But the officials effed up. Now, it actually effed up in our favor because we had, as we'll talk a little bit later on, Ohio State uh, with our little open parlay. But if you saw the play, kid uh, has the ball, dribbling the ball up the court, crosses half court, he's, he's being guarded well, passes to the Holden kid, who a second earlier was standing out of bounds. Standing out of bounds. It wasn't he one of the five guys? No. He was one of the five guys, but he in his way up the court for whatever reason. He was hiding the, you know, huddling the sidelines there, hugging the sidelines, and he stepped out of bounds. Not like one feet, like two feet completely out of bounds, then came inbounds, took the pass, hit the shot, game over. So what's the problem? Not allowed to do that. Not allowed to do that. That should have been waved off. NCAA rules explains a player who merely steps out of bounds and has not committed a violation unless that player is the first player to touch the ball after returning to the court. So you can leave the court, but you cannot be the first one. Uh, Credit LL Steve here for texting me. Um, I should have known that when I was watching it as a great official that I am of uh, PAL basketball. Girls, fifth, sixth grade. You cannot be the first person to touch the ball. I thought once you put two feet in bounds, you reestablish yourself. But that's, as I just read, no. You cannot be the first person to touch that ball if you return to the court. He absolutely clearly was. And what makes it worse is the official was right there. And if you watch the highlight, you'll see a Rutgers player go right up to that official. Now, I don't know what he was complaining about, but he was complaining to that official, maybe saying just that. I I don't know how the official missed that, and I don't know how they didn't go to review to see if it was a legit basket or not. Rutgers got screwed. What else is no? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
All right, welcome back. It is Ops of Picks ESPN there with the call first up. Ohio State, the buzzer beater that we were talking about that really should not have been allowed. And then uh, Sean McVay on uh, Baker Mayfield with only just one practice uh, and about 20 plays under his belt, which I got to say, uh, if that is true, no reason to think he's lying, 20 plays with one day's uh, one day of practice, that's, uh, you know, I can tell you that that's pretty darn good, <laughs> you know, uh, to be able to. I think there were, I only saw one time, I was doing a show last night here on Sports Grid. Again, if you don't uh, know, we do host a nighttime show as well, three hours from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, doing a little in-game live stuff and, and uh, all the other things that we do. So uh, I had, you know, my eye on it, but not completely. I did see the one time he went to hand the ball off and nobody was there. Other than that, I didn't see any other miscues in the backfield. So for a guy who had uh, the one day of practice and who knows how long they were out there, if he was able to get 20 plays down, that that's pretty darn good. I mean, heck, I can't even come up with 20 different plays, backyard football, let alone have 20 at, at our disposal. So um, uh, good job by the Rams. And they win. What do they win? I guess pride, right? I mean, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, you got to be pretty ticked off. Uh, you know, you need the Lions or you need the Rams to continue to lose because you hold the Rams number one draft choice. And, you know, at this point, you're looking at a top five pick. You know, Baker goes in there and he wins three, four games. And all of a sudden that pick, you know, they finished close to 500 and you go from being maybe the number two or the number three, maybe number four to like 14, 15, 16. Still pretty good, but. You know, obviously you want to be in the top five versus the top 15. And then you have to ask yourself, why? You know, what, how did Baker go from being released to the Rams um, and uh, being able to, you know, be so successful so soon? Uh, I mean, is he resurrecting his career? If they, if they win like four games, could he challenge Matthew Stafford for the starting job? You know, is that possible? I, I don't think so, but uh, one never knows, right? Baseball yesterday, a couple things, um, 844-843-6879. Boy, I tell you what, $20 million does not go as far as it used to. Wow. The Mets are going to have a payroll over $300 million. At least that's the way it's projected at this point, 320 or so. They bring back outfielder Brandon Nimmo. Nice little player, 29 years old. Uh, no, nothing spectacular, you know, has a little bit of pop. He'll get you about 15 home runs a season. If that, he had 16 last year. He had eight the year before that, eight the year before that, eight the year before that, 17 the year before that, five and then one in his first year. He's 29. He'll be 30 years old. He's a 269 lifetime hitter. Very little pop. Like I said, seven years in the, in the bigs, he's got 63 home runs. Doesn't steal any bases. 14 stolen bases in seven years. <laughs> well, well, that hasn't ever come close to 200 hits. His highest batting average was two years ago when he hit 292. But he's a you know legitimately 270 hitter. You know, not bad. What do you think the bet the Mets paid him to re-sign? Um, I would say Scott maybe. Uh, Maybe a three-year deal, $10, $12, 13000000 million, maybe? No. <laughs> not, forget about close. Not even the same universe. The Mets paid, I'll spare you the details of going up and down the line like we like to do sometimes. The Mets paid him, first off, an 
eight-year contract, which is just bonkers for a guy who's 29, will be 30 before the start of the next season, and he's an average player at best. They gave him an eight-year contract. $162 million contract. $20 million a year for a guy who doesn't hit home runs, doesn't steal bases, and doesn't hit for average. I mean, he is the epitome of just a nice player. You know, put him on your team. Nice to have him on the bench. Nice to be able to utilize him in different outfield positions. Uh, jack of all trades, if you will, and then, uh, but you're not going to build around him. Twenty million dollars, eight years for this guy. Uh, this Steve Cohen's nuts. Uh, I, I, I can make a joke about guys named Cohen, but I won't. I mean, he he he's just bonkers. He, he this is what you know. People, I think the owners feared that he's going to raise the salaries for everybody. You know, it's, it's one thing for you to go ahead and, and spend stupidly, but there are repercussions to that in baseball. And the repercussions are now every single mediocre player is going to be demanding, I want eight years, $20 million. I hit more home runs than Brandon Nemo. I steal more bases. I drive in more RBIs. I have a better batting average than 269. Same thing with the $43 million a year for uh, Verlander and Scherzer. You give out those contracts, the other owners don't have the balls to say, no, I'm not doing it. I don't care what somebody else did. I'm not doing it. They don't. They give in. So even though you may be doing it for just your team, you're really doing it for everybody else. And that, that's the fear with this guy. When, when you just want to spend because you want to win – and, and price is no object, that ruins it for everybody. These salaries, the going rate now, the average going rate in baseball is a 10-year deal worth $200 million for an average player. 269, never hit more than 17 home runs, never drove in more than 64 RBIs, never stole more than six bases, and you're giving that guy $20 million for eight years? Holy fudge. We're not going to be able to afford to go to ball games anymore. It's as simple as that. You know, the, the prices are just going to be through the roof. They're just, who's paying for this stuff? We are. You know, the fan. The fan that wants to take his family to a game, or hell, forget about the family. The, the, the person who just wants to go to a game. $50, 60 $70 for a ticket. $20, $30, $40 to park. You know, the over teen, you know, 10, 12, 15 bucks for a soda and, a, and a, you know, another $10 for a, a hot dog. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's just, it's just nuts. I'm all for these guys making as much money as they can in one aspect. But when you're paying the price in the long run, and we are as fans, is it ever going to end? I guess not. I guess not. Those people just don't go. You know, the, the, and the ratings are so bad, maybe, eventually, that, it, uh, you know, the TV contracts, which is really their bread and butter, slows up, and, and maybe that would end it, but holy crow. And I keep on going back to this, but it's true. If Brandon Stinkin' Nimmo, who couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag, is getting $20 million a year for eight years, 
What is Otani going to get next year? This guy is easily, easily getting $50 million a year. You're looking at $60 million. I had it at 50, but we bumped it up to 60 this week with all these crazy signings. Easily. 60 million. If I'm his agent, that's where I'm starting. It may even be higher than that, to tell you the truth. Wacky. It's just it's just nuts. It's just nuts. So, Mets, you got your guy. Big stinking deal. They also signed David Robertson. You know, when Brandon Nimbo's hitting 269 and leaving runners on base left and right, uh, come back to me. Try to get rid of that uh, goofy contract. Man. Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. Clearly, he doesn't uh, let facts get in the way of a good little rant, as we like to say on the podcast. Uh, Arizona's hosting the New England Patriots on Monday night, right? So he was asked about the Patriots' offense being very conservative. And he uh, threw out a little uh, uh, remark. Uh, it's like a defensive guy is calling the offense with a little smile and a little smirk there, right? Obviously, it is because of Matt Patricia being the offensive coordinator, or at least calling the plays anyway for the Patriots, right? And uh, while that's all funny uh, and, and, and good, you know, okay, you know, get get your little laughs at the New England Patriots. That's fine. I'm not uh, you know be the fr- I won't be the first one to defend Belichick, the boat that he is, but. Has Vance Joseph looked at the Arizona Cardinals' defense since he's the defensive coordinator? You know, the same Arizona Cardinals that is ranked next to last in defense for points allowed? Next to last out of 32 teams? His defense ranked 21st for yards allowed per game? He's going to be the guy that's going to be making snide comments about the Patriots' offense? Boy, you talk about calling the kettle black. Holy fudge. Oh, by the way, his team, the Arizona Cardinals, 4-8. and eight. That uh, lackluster offensive New England Patriots team, oh, by the way, 6-6 six and six and fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, Vince. Uh, that, that, that's why uh, you didn't uh, you know, work out in Denver. And that, that's why you lost your Broncos job after just a couple of years. Not too bright. Apparently not, not too bright. Take a look in the mirror before you start criticizing and making fun of others. You got the second worst defense in the NFL and you're going to be throwing stones? Wow. Opposite picks coming up next right here on Opposite Picks Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Music means time to take out those patent pencils, get set for the fastest, and more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, opposite picks. What are opposite picks you newbies ask? Well, I give you seven games, 7,000 reasons why I like one team, and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, systems, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas. Uh, spectacular 5-1 yesterday, uh, dropping our deficit to 2500 bucks. If you've been a $100 player from the beginning of the year, 538 up and 596 down as we were on fire uh, with our picks. Here we go. We got another seven pack tonight. NBA will start. Brooklyn laying seven versus the Atlanta Hawks. Well, the Hawks are just a mess. 
We played against them last time out versus New York, and they got buried. No sense of playing them until they get their coach fired like they did two years ago. Uh, clearly, they're not on the same page. Love, 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 love Brooklyn here as Atlanta is an absolute play against team. Uh, give me Atlanta plus the seven. Pick number two, Cleveland laying four and a half versus Sacramento. But a no-brainer pick here as well. Cavs 11-1 straight up, 10-1-1 against the spread at home this year. Kings a mediocre 5-6 on the road. Again, why in the world would anybody bet Sacramento against Cleveland? Yeah, give me Sacramento plus the four and a half. Pick number three, Detroit Pistons plus 10.5 at Memphis. Right back on the Pistons, who remain a covering machine. Yeah, the Detroit god-awful Pistons, 9-4 and four against the spread their last 13 games, including 8-1 their last nine road games, including six straight road games. Boys in Vegas slow to react to the fact that Detroit's playing good basketball. They aren't winning very often, but nine of their last 11 losses have come by 10 points or less. Love Detroit here getting double digits. Uh, give me Memphis uh, minus the 10 and a half. Pick number four, Milwaukee laying one at Dallas. Mavs, good team at home, but this is the Bucks we're talking about. And I think we get the, the Greek freak who's really not Greek A game tonight. Uh, that means a Bucks victory. Milwaukee 18-6 overall, 6-3 on the road. More than capable of winning at Dallas. Love getting the Bucks here and basically pick them. Uh, give me Dallas plus the one. Three hockey plays. Pick number five. Devils laying a buck ninety-five at home against the Islanders. Keep playing the Devils. We keep on saying it, and they keep on winning. It's a no-brainer, folks. New Jersey, twenty-one four and one, second best record in the league. Islanders playing a little better late, but this is a pro Devils play, not an anti-Islanders play. Keep playing New Jersey. Love the Devils here. Yeah, give me the Islanders plus the one seventy-five. Pick number six, Boston Bruins playing a goal and a half, minus 140 at Arizona. Devils have the second best record. Bruins have the best record in the league. Arizona, one of the worst. In fact, they've lost 10 of their last 11 games, including 8-2 to two their last time out versus Edmonton. Same could very easily happen here against the Red Hot Bruins. Love Boston laying a goal and a half, only minus 140? Uh, give me Arizona plus the goal and a half. Pick number seven, last one, Calgary laying a goal and a half at Columbus. A lot of Blue Jackets are a mess. They lost six of their last seven, getting outscored 26 to 12 in those losses, five of which have come at home. They stink at home, six and 11. Not that they're great on the road. They're in last place, eight and 17 overall. Love Calgary here. Yeah, give me Columbus uh, plus the uh, goal and a half. Opposite picks for uh, today and Friday. Atlanta, the Hawks getting seven against Brooklyn. Sacramento, the Kings getting four and a half at Cleveland. Memphis laying ten and a half against Detroit. Dallas Mavericks plus one at home against uh, the Bucks. Islanders in the NHL plus 175 at New Jersey. Arizona plus a goal and a half plus 120 against Boston. And Columbus plus a goal and a half versus Calgary. Opposite picks for a Friday, December 9th. Good luck, folks.
And there you go. Uh, as always, post those uh, on the front page of the website, oppositepicks.com. Uh, Got a nice little email here. I don't generally pat myself on the back, although if I don't do it, nobody will, right? So why not? Uh, Dave writes in, uh, Scott, love your show, especially yesterday when you were deciding between the Raiders and Ohio State for your money line picks. Nah, he's quoting me. I can't go against Rutgers. Let's take the Raiders. Rams are horrible. May have Baker Mayfield. Nope, can't do it. It's the Raiders. They suck. They'll find a way to blow it. All right, let's switch back to Ohio State. Perfect opposite pick scenario. <laughs> you squeaked out a 67-66 win. Thanks for the laughs. Ah, yes. Nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas. Keep up the good work, Dave. Have a nice day. I appreciate that, Dave. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we, we did get lucky. Like I said, not only did we not take the Raiders, and that is exactly why. I mean, last night is exactly why, right? And we got lucky with Ohio State because... As I explained, they really shouldn't have won. They shouldn't have counted that last bucket. So could they come back and change that? I don't I don't think so, right? I mean, uh, realistically, they could because the guy took the shot with less than a second left. So it's not like they could replay it from that point on. But he, he was out of bounds and came in bounds, and he can't uh, touch the basketball first. Somebody else has got to touch it. So anyway, we got the win. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. So our open parlay. That netted us 150 bucks. We went conservative. We didn't lay the six. We just took them on the money line. And uh, so we're up to $572. We have two legs to go. So we netted 150 last night. So we got 572 to play with. I'm thinking Bruins. That Arizona team is bad. What did I say? 10 of 11? Uh, Boston is red hot. Best team in the league. I'm not going to lay the minus 360. We could either go minus a goal and a half, minus 138, or bet the Bruins to win in regulation at minus 215. I'll say this about Arizona. They did get crushed their last time out, as I mentioned in opposite picks. But out of this 1-11 stretch here, or 1-10 stretch, Arizona has, it was a bunch. I looked it up last night, one goal losses. Uh, hold on a second. Computer's freezing. They have, uh, in this little stretch here, one, two one-goal losses, three, four, five, five. I mean, it's not like seven out of eight, but they've, they've been somewhat competitive. So let's go, you know, we'll go semi-conservative, and we'll put uh, 572 bucks, the whole kit and caboodle, on the Boston Bruins to win in regulation, minus 215. So 572 minus 215 will net us $266. Let me write that down before I uh, forget that. Boston minus 215 regulation at Arizona equals 200. What did we say it was? Uh, $266. Yeah. One thing I like about hockey uh, betting, it's like soccer. You know, there's, there's two ways, and really it's better than soccer because you don't generally lay a, a, a goal and a half. But in hockey, you could drop those monster. Like Boston's minus 360. You can get them at minus 138. I, I mean, it's all the way down to basically pick them from minus 360. And all they have to do is win by two goals. I mean, if you're betting for them to win, you know, an empty netter is going to get you the second goal. So they really can drop those odds dramatically. Uh, but I'll, I'll go the, the semi-conservative, go with minus the 215. So 572 to win uh, 
uh, $266 on the Boston Bruins. Uh, Blackhawks in action tonight. All right, last time uh, we uh, cashed out our uh, six-team uh, parlay against, uh, against the Blackhawks, so we started a new one. Full unit, Winnipeg laying a buck 42. Jets with a nice win in St. Louis last night. So $100 on Winnipeg at minus 142 to win 70 bucks uh, on uh, on our bet there. Winnipeg minus 142 to win $70. Boom. All right. Uh, didn't do an underdog parlay yesterday. So, uh, oh, yes, we did. We had uh, San Antonio. Forgot about that. You know what? I didn't even look and see who won. I think the Spurs did win, did they not? Jeez, I almost forgot about that last night. Uh, in fact, I did forget about that last night. The uh, Spurs did win. Ah, how about that? Uh, we won 26 bucks. So, you know what we do with the underdog parlay? We take out the original 25. So now we're playing with house money. So we got 26, to, uh, 26 bucks to play with. Where do we have a live dog tonight? Let's see. Buffalo at home? No. Well, let's go to NBA. We got, uh, although I do like the hockey. Uh, maybe the Wiz uh, plus 166 at Indiana? No. Orlando beat Toronto plus 265. Coming off a nice win? No. Um, Hawks? No. Lakers? LeBron and company could be playing. Who knows who's. You can't bet the Lakers. Can't do that. Um, how about the Pelicans at home against the Phoenix Suns? That's not bad. Um, let's go there. Well, let's go. Uh, let's see if Mr. Twinkie can come. Suns got blasted last time out. I don't think they're very good. They're not very good on the road. So even money, nice and even. Let's go uh, New Orleans, even versus Phoenix. We're taking the 25 out, the original bet. So we'll just take our profits, $26 from yesterday. So 26 to win uh, 26. There you go. And uh, we are set with uh, that. So Winnipeg against the Blackhawks, brand new one, 100 hours to win 70. New Orleans even against Phoenix. And the underdog one, we use a quarter of a unit, 26 to win 26. And then the main one, leg number five, Bruins in regulation, minus 215 to win at Arizona. $572 to win 266. Two away from cashing that ticket. Not bad. Got a ton of shots on goals. So let's start with the uh, the pyramid plays from yesterday. Uh, two and three. We did say earlier on the Raiders. I should have flipped that to the under. Uh, I gave out the under to my guys on the podcast. But Raiders, uh, you know, we all know what happened to them. Miami laying six against the Clippers. They won by five. Yeah, you just uh, you know you just can't bet that uh, Clipper team. You don't you don't know what they're getting. They all played yesterday, so. Uh, we hit with the under Rutgers, Ohio State. Lost with over six LA Toronto as Toronto wins five nothing. Stinking Kings couldn't even get us one lousy goal. And then our best shot on goal, Rupe hints for Dallas. He hit. So we went two and three with all the plays. Shots on goal, not good. Uh, rare back to back bad nights, uh, to be fair, uh, as we always are. Kucherov lost. Hints did win. Kachuk lost for Florida. Connor and Luke Dubois. I swear I bet this Luke Dubois guy all the time. He never covers for me. So we went one and four. We did hit one of our two parlays. So that kind of cuts into the deficit as we hit with Larkin and Matthews playing a buck, uh, buck 61. So not an awful, awful night overall. Tonight, pyramid plays. Best play in each individual sport. NBA, I do like Cleveland a lot at home. And that, uh, you know, 10-1-1 one one mark is tough. And you're only getting at four and a half. You know what? 
that's where I'm going to go. I, I wrote down Detroit, but I'm going to flip that. You give me Cleveland at home uh, against the Sacramento Queens. What are you kidding me? Uh, it, it's still Sacramento. So give me Cleveland minus uh, the uh, four and a half. Uh, Washington plus 16 and a half against Gonzaga. College basketball, best play. Zags are winning this year, but they're not blowing teams out like they used to. So I think that'll be a semi-competitive game. Washington halfway decent. Little in-state rivalry. Why not? Hockey. Bruins laying a goal and a half versus Arizona. Uh, we'll use the goal and a half for this one. We'll use the regulation for the other one. And best shot on goal, Taylor Hall for the Bruins, two and a half. Uh, I think the second and third and fourth lines for the Bruins are going to get a lot of ice time if they're leading by two, three, four goals. So that means Taylor Hall used to play for Arizona as well. A little extra incentive. So over two and a half. All the others, uh, I'll give you those when we return from the break. Opposite pick, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM 159. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. It is Opposite Picks. All right, what did we learn today? One, the Raiders are the bumbling, stumbling Raiders, no matter what city they play in. Two, not all officials are as smart as us. Uh, and three, uh, if in doubt, uh, go call up the Mets to get a fat contract. Four, shots on goal winners. All right, we got a ton of them tonight. Why not? It's a Friday night. Let's have some fun. Byron Russ, Pittsburgh, over two and a half. Columbus Boone Jenner, over two and a half. Getting a discount on his price. Uh, Calgary Noah Hannafin, over two and a half against that god-awful Columbus defense. Winnipeg, Pierre-Luc Dubois, one more time. I'm going to win one time on this guy, and then that's it. He's going to be as good as dead. We'll never play him ever again. I think we're like 0-7. Uh, but it does average over three shots per game, just not when we play them. Uh, I was going to do Patrick Kane, but you know what? Uh, there's no sense doing a guy three and a half if we don't have to. Uh, Connor McDavid, three and a half for Edmonton. That we will do against Minnesota. I think it's going to be a high-scoring, fun game to watch tonight. Leon Dreisaitl, three and a half for Edmonton as well against uh, Minnesota. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov uh, for Minnesota against Edmonton, obviously. Going to go with uh, Patrice Bergeron, three and a half for the Bruins uh, at small odds. Average is close to four. Taylor Hall, obviously, for the Bruins. Jacob Truba for the Rangers. Uh, Rangers are playing, uh, who are they playing? I forget who they're playing, but uh, a lousy team. Mika Zabinajad for the Rangers as well. He's at three and a half. Timo Meyer, four and a half. A rare, 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 rare four and a half because they're taking on Anaheim, who gives up the most shots on goal. And then uh, Frank uh, Vitrano, uh, two and a half for San Jose as well. So Russ, Jenner, Hannafin, Dubois, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Caprice, Bergeron, Hall, Truba, Zabinajad, Meyer, and Vetrano. And just for fun, put a dollar on all those in a nice little 12-team parlay. I'll post them all on the uh, the hockey page uh, on the website, opspicks.com. Uh, what's up? Stevens and Lisi up next. I'll talk to you later on tonight on uh, In Play Sports Tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern Time right here at Sports Good Radio. Enjoy your day, folks.